With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man. who's called Mal Evans. He was on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane. And he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, glad you're with us. And we got a busy day today. Write down our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. It's 800-941-SEAN if you want to join us. we got Senator Lindsey Graham. Look, he's, he's on the key committee in the U.S. Senate, and he has promised that he is going to do a top-to-bottom review of everything that has gone on with Operation Crossfire Hurricane, the rigging of Hillary's investigation, which is now, it's, it's all true. And then, of course, the FISA abuse and and then, of course, trying to rig a general election using Russian lies and spying on the Trump campaign in a multitude of ways and then using the dirty dossier to influence the American people before the election and and undermine the Trump campaign, have a backdoor into all things world Trump campaign, Trump transition, Trump presidency. And it's not going to be pretty. I can tell you all of it. So he'll join us today. Bill O'Reilly checks in with us today. And uh, it's the 75th anniversary of D-Day. I don't know if you had a chance to watch any of the ceremonies today. It was, you know, you think back at, at, at this great generation of people and the courage of so many and the forces of evil that, like my father's generation had to face after Pearl Harbor. He's like so many of his friends. They're all signed up, for the, you know, to fight for their country and, my father spent four long years in the Pacific in World War II. And, you know, you think of, and I, I wrote this in the book, Deliver Us From Evil, as I did my research, it, it, it actually is so shocking when you read that in the last century and you read the stories of, of evil in their time and the manifestation of evil, I mean, you think of it, it's hard for good people to understand evil. I've said this many times. But what is it if somebody is so violent they can just kill innocent people? There's something so dark, so sinister within that human soul that would allow them to do that with, and, and in some cases, without a conscience of any kind, feeling bad about what they did or 
those that would harm a child or those involved in sex trafficking of children like we have been chronicling as it relates to the need for borders. That's a big, big problem. And I've talked to many of the agents that that, that literally have worked on that for 15 years. You know, you know, how does a person with a heart and a soul do that to an innocent kid and destroy that child's life or a rapist or, you know, just pick any violent crime? I mean, these are, there's a horrible side to the human condition. And in the last century alone, as I was, I was doing this history of evil, you know, you, in that last century, we lost over 100 million souls. Over 100 million. When you look at Russia and Stalin and fascism, communism, Nazism, Imperial Japan, and the killing fields, Cambodia. And then you think, the, the, look at what happened to Christians in northern Iraq. They were wiped out in a period of time. And the world did nothing. You know, that's why it was such a big deal when Obama drew a red line in the sand and did nothing as Assad is gassing his own people in Syria. Now, America, we can't cure the nation's, the world's evil, but we can help when we can, and we do. And, uh, but if, you know, just, just thinking back to the heroism of all those young men slamming the beaches of Normandy, and it was a bloodbath. And they did it knowing the risk. And they did it, you know, as wave after wave of soldier hit those beaches, they saw what had happened prior to them getting there. They saw the dead bodies all over the place. As they tried to then, you know, the liberation of France begins. No, no, Barry Farber, no country has accumulated more power and abused it less than the United States. We're not a perfect people. Nobody's perfect. There's been no country on the face of this earth that has accumulated this much power and used it to advance the human condition more than the United States. That's why I can't understand the mentality and the mindset of some people that don't get America's greatness. You know, for the first time in my adult life, I'm proud of my country because you're going to elect my husband. Well, what about these World War II guys? What about the cost, the blood, the, 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 the cost of liberty and freedom? It has been so high that we can, you know, barbecue on Memorial Day and, and peace and in happiness. That, but that's their gift to us. Pretty amazing people. You know, you think of, uh, I remember, you know, you know, how is it that somebody, you know, I don't care, look at ISIS today, look at Al-Qaeda today, or any of these radical Islamic terror groups, those that could strap bombs on their own children, indoctrinate them, and, and tell them that there's a special place in heaven with a special reward of virgins in heaven if you just kill innocent men, women, and children. I mean, to think that we give money to, you know, certain groups and associated with now the duly elected Hamas leaders, and they spend a good portion of our money giving money to those that have killed and have been killed, but killed Americans and Israelis. That's insane. But evil exists. And uh, the cost of freedom has been high. A hundred million souls in the last century alone. And 
honestly, every generation faces evil in their time. I mean, the evil, I would say the biggest threat we have today is radical Islamic terrorism. Hasn't gone away since 2001. And uh, it goes on and it exists. And it gets, you know, it, it gets perpetuated by, for whatever reason, a corrupt nature of some human beings and their souls. You know, you look at the polls today. There's a poll out today. Now, this is actually probably one of the most understated, biggest victories for Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump has been the one president, presidents throughout history, going back to Jefferson and Washington, they've all complained about the press, all of them. But we've never had institutionally what we have today, and that is an abusively biased and bigoted press. And frankly, in our lifetime, I can't think of a president. Now, Reagan got horrible press at times, and as did every president in our lifetime. Jimmy Carter at the end, he was getting bad press. And then you you move through all the way to Donald Trump. But Donald Trump has successfully called them out. And conservatives, well, we've how many times have we talked about media bias, a liberal bias in the press? Well, now we've got evidence to back up everything we've been saying is true. And I think that the success of the president is he basically is branded and tattooed into the forehead of every mainstream so-called media outlet in this country who they are and expose them. And I don't think they ever overcome the branding because Americans now cite fake news as the single most important non-healthcare related issue facing the country. And by the way, this survey was put together by the Pew Research people. One of the biggest problems now, Pew Research found 50% of Americans surveyed said that fake news was a major problem. Now, the media is not going to look in the mirror and they're not going to say, you know what, they For two years, we've never told any story of success that Donald Trump's policies are working. We don't ever cover the fact that, unlike most presidents, he keeps promises. Look what he did with Jerusalem and the Golan Heights, and look how hard he's fighting to get the border wall built. We had a big court victory yesterday. You know, the president followed through on the biggest tax cuts in history. president followed through on ending burdensome bureaucracy for businesses we now have the the lowest unemployment since 1969 as a reference the year the new york mets won the world series i was eight years old i can tell you the whole lineup but i don't have time and i mean that's massive and and those that had been so disproportionately negatively impacted by the biden obama years they're the ones benefiting the most and you see record low unemployment For African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, Asian-Americans, women in the workplace, youth unemployment. These are not statistics. These are real people, real lives that are getting better. Then you look at, okay, the lifeblood of our economy has always been oil and energy and gas. And for the first time in 75 years, we're energy independent. Well, that's a good thing for a lot of reasons because... Those energy jobs, as we had pointed out now for years, they're pretty high-paying career jobs. They'll train you to be a truck driver in the energy industry. 
and you're going to start making 80 grand a year. And then you'll be at 100 pretty quickly. And then if you work a lot of overtime, you'll be making 140. And the other good news is, okay, well, maybe you only work making 40,000 before that. Well, that extra 100 grand, 80 grand, 30 grand, 50 grand, all that means is a better lifestyle of, of raising the standard of living of every American. And that means the forgotten men and women of this country, if we really take this and, and run with this, it means we'll never have to ask any of these countries that hate our guts for one drop of oil ever again. As a matter of fact, we can drive them out of business. You can see the Saudis and others, they're, they're looking for ways now to transition, knowing America's vast resources in oil and natural gas. All these people that say they hate Russia and Vladimir Putin, okay, I've got the answer. We can drive Putin, the hostile actor he is, to his knees, and Russia, the hostile regime that they are, by just simply outproducing energy, which is the life, this is it for them. They've got nothing else. We've got everything else. And then the president, of course, negotiating new trade deals. We figure out how to get our gas and our oil to our allies in Western Europe and around the world. Let me tell you what the net result of that is. That means America's making the world safer. And in the process, we are dramatically raising the standard of living of every single American. Now, I know it's the exact opposite of what the liberal Democrats and the new Green Deal thing is all about, but the reality and the truth and the facts are not going to change in 10 years. Oil and gas is the lifeblood of every single economy on the face of this earth. Now, it doesn't mean we shouldn't be good stewards and take care of the air we breathe, the water that we drink. It's pretty dumb if we don't. Doesn't mean there's not new technologies that won't become available that will even drive energy costs to lower levels. But it's the single greatest asset we have towards pulling everybody, not just in America, but around the world out of poverty and raising the standard of living. And that means vacations. That means a new truck. That means a nicer home and a safer neighborhood with better schools and a vacation that you pay for on your own because you have the money because of the opportunity that is created by energy. All of this is happening. But the media is not going to tell you. So Donald Trump is successfully tattooed into the forehead of every fake news organization in the country who they are. And I don't think they ever overcome this branding. This is forever etched into people's minds. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way. 
a brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before. Tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and Paul McCartney about his life and career. It was 20 years ago today. We had a big bear of a man, it's called Mal Evans, who's on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, Will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, What? Sergeant Pepper? This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs. Yesterday, Band on the Run, Hey Jude. And McCartney's favourite song in his entire catalogue, here, there and everywhere. Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, as we continue, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. So I think this is a big deal. I'll, I'll give you another example. So the president, if you look at the media in Great Britain, you look at, and Joe Concha had a really good piece uh, uh, this morning when it was on uh, Fox News, uh, Fox and Friends, and it's like Trump gets these glowing reviews from the UK media, but the UK media, by the way, can be pretty tough. While the US media focuses in on one thing, the baby Trump blimp, that apparently apparently somebody punctured the thing, which is I think pretty hilarious. And but but the coverage the president gets is largely positive. Even the stuff he said about the mayor of London is all true and on about his visit. And so you have local coverage in Great Britain. The United Kingdom is positive, and the American media stay, stays focused on always the negative. And, you know, the mainstream media's coverage, they cannot get over the fact that Donald Trump even got elected. I mean, I'm telling you, this was a traumatic event for them. They saw the exit polls. They never thought he had a shot. They never I don't think Trump is a a pollable public figure, to be very blunt with you, because I think people are like, yeah, I like I like this guy. He's tough. He speaks his mind. Too bad. It's about time. Now, who, who did you just vote for? They're not going to answer you. I've never been surveyed by any pollster. And so the exit polls come in. He didn't win a state. They're giddy when they go on the air election day giddy absolutely then all of a sudden reality hits and then it's like there's and some of them are crying and just like they expected after the fbi 
Nine-month investigation failed. The House Intel investigation, the bipartisan Senate investigation, they put all their hopes in Mueller. And that failed, too. And now they're, like, scrambling for the next thing they can bash them on. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and Paul McCartney about his life and career. It was 20 years ago today. We had a big bear of a man, it's called Mal Evans, who's on road. And uh, I was coming back on the plane and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. I said, what? Sergeant Pepper. This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs. Yesterday, Band on the Run, Hey Jude. And McCartney's favourite song in his entire catalogue, here, there and everywhere. Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, 25 till the uh, top of the hour. CNN poll, this has got to kill them too. But and let me just add one thing about this Pew Research poll on fake news and the American people now seeing it more than ever. It's I they I don't know how they build back their credibility because they didn't have a lot of it to begin with. And it's not like they're going to admit that they're wrong. I mean, if they if, if you lie to your audience for two straight years and you create an expectation that is so out of the realm of even possibility and both the Democratic Party have done this and, and the media and it doesn't happen. Well, it's like you never want to over promise and under deliver. You always want to under promise and over deliver. And it's it just it, people are not going to trust them, nor should they. I mean, that's the point about it. 
Now, latest CNN poll, most people now believe that President Trump's chances for re-election are better than Obama's were the year before he won a second term. Over half of Americans think that Trump will win re-election. Uh, 54% say they believe Trump will win the 2020 election. 41% believe he will lose. And at a poll taken the same time during Obama's first term, and by the way, this was right after the death of bin Laden, which, by the way, we got the intel from the waterboarding of only three people. It was not more than three under medical supervision, but it was KSM that actually gave up the courier, and that was the way bin Laden communicated. And once we found the courier, the courier led us to where bin Laden was, and there we go. Then our brave men and women go in and pull off that operation. So I think that's interesting. I don't like to get into polls before elections because you don't know what the issues necessarily are going to be. Usually you don't know what's what are going to be the big issues in October. What will happen now between now and then with all these deep state operatives that were involved in trying to rig the 2016 election and then trying to bludgeon and undo a duly elected presidency? You know, what's going to ha- who's going to be implicated in all of this? I mean, I think you can pretty much count on the fact that the Democratic Party is never going to focus on any solution to make America more safe, more secure, more prosperous. I think their focus now is is 24 seven hardcore rage, psychotic hatred of Trump, which has pretty much been the media story for since the time he was really in the election, they laughed at one of the favorite montages we play. I won't play it now is when we play ha, Donald Trump's running. Ha, ha, ha. Hillary's leading, 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 ha, ha, ha. you know, leading up to Donald Trump is the next president of the United States. And the thing is, is like I maybe stylistically I had this conversation with a number of people. Maybe you don't like his style. He fights. He absolutely is a fighter. Now, there's great benefits to a president that's fighting for promises he makes to the American people because he's fighting to keep them. And the idea that maybe there's some switch that you're going to turn off and just, you know, sit on your hands and, and allow people to take shots at you and not fight back is, I think, a little bit unrealistic. I think the American people knew that they were getting a disruptor. I think the American people knew that he would be iconoclastic. They knew that he's not part of the establishment. They knew that things would be run very differently, and they are, and and seemingly all to our advantage, as by the record economy, by the way he deals with foreign leaders, etc. And so I think as we watch this unfold, then you look at, all right, well, who are the 2020 candidates? I mean, l- let me just play for you. We'll have more fun with this as the show goes on. I mean, Joe Biden had to get out of the 2020, I'm sorry, 1988 presidential race because he literally plagiarized line for line the Labor Party leader in Great Britain, Neil Kinnock at the time, word for word. And he's done it with Kennedy and he's done it numerous times. And and then you look at what he's doing now. He's getting hammered. He took his. Well, first, it's interesting because he was supposed to be the moderate. Now, he has an eight-year track record, the Biden-Obama economic disaster, you know, with all the 
13 million more people on food stamps, 8 million more in poverty. I've given those statistics a lot, and I'll do it in the next year, but it's a horrible economic record. He's part of a decision that dropped $150 billion on the tarmac for the mullahs in Iran for the purpose of getting along with people that hate our guts. The dumbest, the single dumbest decision ever made on foreign policy in history. He was a part of that. So they have the worst economic record. He's going to have to defend it. Everything Russia, Russia, Russia that happened, happened under their watch. All the, the 350% increase in unmaskings and surveillance and, and you know, leaking of intelligence, that all happened under Biden Obama. And so the fact that, and I don't know why this is, this one congresswoman has all this power. Well, there's actually a few freshman congresswomen, but the, but the leader of, or really the Speaker of the House in reality, because Pelosi's Speaker in name only, I mean, really, she caters to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And Ocasio-Cortez slammed Biden over the fact that he was not getting it. He's the older generation as it relates to climate change. Here's, here's her criticism of, of him, and then I'll tell you how he responds, which is just basically capitulation to what is an economic insanity plan. Listen. What is too much for me is the fact that in 1989, the year that I was born, the year that I was born, the year that many of us were born, and, and in years after and right before, that politicians were first informed by NASA, that Congress was first notified by NASA that climate change was going to threaten my life and everyone here's life to come, and they did nothing. That is too much for me. And I will be damned if the same politicians who refused to act then are going to try to come back today and say we need a middle-of-the-road approach to save our lives. That is too much for me. Middle of the It's too much. So now Biden decides, all right, I got I to gotta jump on the Green New Deal bandwagon. And he, and he jumps in in a huge way. Because of the criticism. And remember, you know, he's well, well, he was praising Washington Governor John Inslee as the gold standard, whatever. Ocasio-Cortez, so she co-authors this Green New Deal. Even though she can't defend it, can't explain how they'll ever pay for it. It's like Medicare for all. That's 10 years of basically the entire budget of the federal government. No more choices about health care options for people. You will not be legally allowed to get your own insurance. Well, how did Obamacare worked out? It was a disaster. Nobody kept their, well, many millions lost their doctors and plans and everybody paid more. So Biden, in order to appease this Green New Deal insanity, remember, we would eliminate oil and gas in 10 years. That's not changed. We would get rid of the combustion engine and build charging stations all around the country. That means our cars are rendered useless in 10 years, and you got to get a new one. How are you going to afford it? <laughs> Don't deal with that problem. Then we're going to retrofit every home and building in America. No explanation how we're going to pay for that. And then the, the bigger goal is well, we're going to have to get rid of cows because of flatulence issues. And then, of course, airplanes. 
Meanwhile, Ocasio-Cortez, who could take Amtrak from New York to D.C., is always flying on the Delta shuttle. Pretty amazing. So Biden comes out. He's now being pressured to to go hard left because he sees that he, he probably can't get the nomination any other way. And he announces his big plan at, that calls for fossil fuels to be eliminated by 2050. That's kind of his way of saying, OK, wink, wink, nod, nod. I don't think it's going away, but. He's also going to spend $1.7 trillion in federal funds, $5 trillion in state, local, and private funds. And he's also calling for building small module nuclear reactors at half the construction cost of today. Maybe he doesn't know that the far left hates nuclear power also. So we're not going to have that luxury. And in the process, don't forget, everything is going to be free. And, of course, to pay for it all, the top personal marginal individual tax rate will go to 70 percent the top marginal corporate rate is going to go to 90 percent which means every business in america is going to shut down they're not going to invest any more money here and if you don't think it can happen just look at what's happening to new york california new jersey and illinois the population loss is dramatic. It's tens of thousands of people every month. And then you look at the population gains in places like Tennessee, the Carolinas, Texas, and Florida, and they're, pick, they're absorbing all of this population. And along with it, you know, the factories, manufacturing centers, and et cetera, because these states don't have, or in the case of the Carolinas, very low state income taxes. So, and by the way, the ironic part is Ocasio-Cortez says the world's going to end in 12 years, but you're going to have a guaranteed job, guaranteed government vacation. You're going to have literally pre-K through college now paid for by the government. And then if Elizabeth Warren has her way, well, then we're going to pay for, I guess, school from the minute you're born. Maybe we, we, we just take our babies and hand it over to some government agency and they'll raise them for us. Then they're going to have guaranteed Medicare. Then they're going to have guaranteed housing. Then they're going to have guaranteed healthy food. And but no idea how you possibly pay for it. So Biden gets into more trouble because he slants solidly left. He appeases Ocasio-Cortez and then he screws up by literally ripping off and plagiarizing again from nonprofit. Uh, these liberal Green New Deal people. And a number of different, you know, he literally ripping the whole language, whole cloth, as he has done in the past. And, uh, you know, he's, they're saying, oh, we inadvertently left out, you know, where this came from. Anyway, but we got this little bit we put together about Biden and his, uh, let's just say, habit of plagiarism. And I started thinking as I was coming over here, why is it that Joe Biden is the first in his family ever to go to a university? Why is it that my wife who's sitting out there in the audience is the first in her family to ever go to college? Why am I the first Kinnick in a thousand generations to be able to get the university? Why is Gladys the first woman in her family in a thousand generations? Was it because they were weak? Those people who could work eight hours underground and then come up and play football? My ancestors who worked in the coal mines in northeast Pennsylvania don't come up after 12 hours and play football for four hours. 
that the gross national product does not allow for the health of our children, the quality of their education, or the joy of their play. It does not include the beauty of our poetry or the strength of our marriages, the intelligence of our public debate, or the integrity of our public officials. And in Ronald Reagan's America, the standard has been wealth, economic success, and personal gain, the bottom line. But this standard is not a measure of how we can evaluate the condition of our society, cannot measure the health of our children, the quality of our education, the joy of their play. It doesn't measure the beauty of our poetry, the strength of our marriages, the intelligence of our public debate, the integrity of our public official. The notion that every thought or notion or idea you'd have to go back and find and attribute to someone, I think is, quite frankly, uh, ludicrous. I'm telling you, the every, they're out, they're trying to out-extreme each other. It's not going to work. Uh, this is, so, Kirsten Gillibrand, senator from New York who wants to be president, well, they actually found a 2008 uh, question and answer that she gave with the uh, NRA because she was attacking the NRA as the worst organization in the country. And anyway, she says, I want to be clear. I've always, always have, always will believe that the correct interpretation of the Second Amendment is that it applies to an individual's right to carry arms. She was asked about banning guns in public housing. She opposed it. What about banning certain types of bullets and magazines? I'm adamantly opposed, she said. What about limiting the number of gun purchases? I share the NRA's concerns. And then concluded, I appreciate the work with the NRA and what they do to protect gun owners' rights. Look forward to working with you for many years in Congress. I'm telling you, if the American public absorbs the absolute insanity of this, it will be a runaway for Trump. Because this is not, as Joe Lieberman said, it is not that party anymore. It's like they're so unhinged. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything. Everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts. 
one of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and Paul McCartney about his life and career. It was 20 years ago today. We had a big bear of a man, it's called Mal Evans, who's on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs. Yesterday, Band on the Run, Hey Jude. And McCartney's favourite song in his entire catalogue, here, there and everywhere. Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I started thinking as I was coming over here, why is it that Joe Biden is the first in his family ever to go to a university? Why is it that my wife who's sitting out there in the audience is the first in her family to ever go to college? Why am I the first connect? In a thousand generations to be able to get to university. Why is Glennis the first woman in her family in a thousand generations? Was it because they were weak? Those people who could wait, work eight hours underground and then come up and play football? Weak? My ancestors who worked in the coal mines in northeast Pennsylvania don't come up after 12 hours and play football for four hours. Yet the growth national product does not allow for the health of our children, the quality of their education, or the joy of their play. It does not include the beauty of our poetry, or the strength of our marriages, the intelligence of our public debate, or the integrity of our public officials. And in Ronald Reagan's America, the standard has been wealth, economic success, and personal gain, the bottom line. But this standard is not a measure of how we can evaluate the condition of our society, cannot measure the health of our children, the quality of our education, the joy of their play. It doesn't measure the beauty of our poetry, the strength of our marriages, the intelligence of our public debate, the integrity of our public official. May want to look somewhere else. I will just say, Chris Coons, we had on the first hour, had a really interesting defense to this, though, which is, come on, guys. I mean, in this compared to the things that Democrats say the president is getting away with, that might be something that Democrats use to offset any potential gaffes or problems that arise during the campaign. I mean, not only that, don't you go to the experts, to the experts' website, and lift some of their terminology and put it into your play? Like, that's I don't, what I don't know. That's no, that's that's no you, you, you cite where you get your information yeah, from. Otherwise, right, so it's, it's plagiarism. It's that's, what, that's what got him into trouble in the first place. I and of course, fake news, CNN literally defending the plagiarism now for like the fifth time in creepy, sleepy, crazy Uncle Joe's life. Uh, anyway, glad you're with us. Hour two, Sean Hannity show. Uh, 800-941-SEAN is our number. Joining us now is the great senator from the great state of South Carolina. Lindsey Graham is uh, with us. Um, look, you've worked with this guy for years. You think he might have learned his lesson after the Neil Kinnock debacle when he first ran for president, but apparently not. Yeah, this is sort of a layup that you miss right here. <laughs> That's worse than a layup. It's a dunk. You, you ever see a guy miss a dunk and he literally bounces right back out? It's hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, he broke the rim. But he's uh, the other thing is, though, he's now decided that he has to go hard left, and he's proposing now $1.7 trillion in federal funds, another $5 trillion state, local, private funds, uh, for this climate change because he was, you know, taking a task by uh, 
the Speaker of the House, because Nancy Pelosi's speaker in name only, but the real speaker is uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And uh, now he has to do it on that. He clearly has moved to the left on uh, abortion rights and and pretty much every other issue. So I don't know where Joe Biden stands on anything anymore. Well, he had eight years as vice president to do something about climate change. And as far as I know, they didn't do anything. They never produced a $1.7 trillion bill to change the climate. So what's happened between the eight years of the Obama administration and now is that the party has lurched really left, extreme views of how to solve the climate problem, extreme views about taking away individual health care, very extreme views about taxation policy. Uh, the word is extreme. So after eight years of being VP, never bringing up the topic in any meaningful way, the only conclusion you can make is that he's sort of being drugged along by the hard left. Well, if you look at two major things that nobody seems to bring up when it comes to Biden, Biden and Obama have a track record. It was 13 million more Americans on food stamps, 8 million more in poverty, the lowest labor participation rate since the 70s, the worst recovery since the 40s, lowest home ownership rate in 51 years and never reached three percent gdp in a single year of their presidency and vice presidency and you know collected more debt took on more debt than all 43 presidents before them combined uh between that and russia uh all happening on their watch you have to wonder right well i mean if you want to go back to the good old days of a weak foreign policy this is the way you would go backward isis came about on their watch they were told not to withdraw troops from Iraq, they did it anyway. They had Assad on the ropes. They blinked. They wanted the Iranian nuclear deal more than they wanted anything else. They gave Hezbollah and Iran a pass when they were trying to dismember uh, Syria. Their foreign policy was a miserable failure across the board. Domestically, we were stuck, uh, you know, basically in malaise, economic malaise. If you want to go back there, I don't think many people will. So, you know, I like Joe Biden, but those eight years were very long for me. From a foreign policy perspective, I saw the American uh, standing uh, uh, just go go down in a kind of a death spiral. The apology tour started it all, and the rest is history. All right, let's go. You're now the chairman of the committee in the Senate that has basically the major amount of authority as it relates to all things Russia Gate. Everybody was warned now. We know repeatedly that the dossier was never verified. It's actually an unverifiable document because Steele himself doesn't stand by any of it. And that, in fact, Hillary paid for it. They hid that from the FISA court and still signed the document anyway. Um, to me, these are all crimes, you know, a conspiracy to commit fraud on a FISA court and really impact the 2016 elections with Russian disinformation and then destroy a presidency over it. These are no small issues. And, you know, we have all the investigations going on, but you also are going to play a big part in this. Tell us what you think. Well, number one, Bill Barr has taken a much more aggressive approach to this. You know, Jeff Sessions, I like Jeff, but the bottom line is the Department of Justice was AWOL when it came to looking how all this started. Mueller's report is in no collusion between the Trump campaign and the Russians. Uh, uh, Mueller punted on any prosecution on obstruction. He left that decision to Barr. Barr said there's no obstruction of evidence here, uh, no obstruction of justice case here. Now Barr has Durham looking at criminality. Was there a criminal fraud on the FISA court? 
by signing an affidavit that the dossier was reliable and credible, did somebody actually not only mislead the court, commit a crime? Was there a legitimate reason to have a counterintelligence investigation of the Trump campaign, or was it a backdoor attempt to surveil the campaign? Uh, how did the case against well, don't, Clinton don't we already know the answer to that, though, don't we? Because, you know, I read these two well, important memos. Well, me and you, you yeah. probably know more about it than almost any person alive. Uh, the point is that we want Durham to look at criminality. We want Horowitz to look at uh, abuse of procedures inside DOJ. And I need to look as a oversight chairman at the situation to make sure it never happens again. The to me, if we have to me, there's a lot of fundamental questions here because this can't happen again, because had Hillary won, you know, none of this would have come out. But when people commit a fraud on a FISA court and they premeditated it's a, basically a premeditated fraud. And we right. know that Bruce Orr warned everybody in the DOJ and FBI. We know that Kathleen Kavlik at the State Department warned everybody. We know that they purposely omitted Hillary's payment for the dossier with funneled money through a law firm to an op research firm to a foreign national. Um, I've got to imagine Steele talking now is not going to be good for any of these players. But if you signed your name to that FISA application and that application says, I'm told at the top that you verify the information and you cannot verify it. You know, is that are these not felonies? Do people not go to jail or only people like Sean Hannity would go to jail? Well, see, uh, let's let's just start with the idea of of an affidavit to get a warrant. It's signed under oath because you want to make sure that the cops who are always applying for warrants are on the up and up. So you got Comey signing the affidavit on four different occasions that the dossier was credible and reliable uh, for the court to issue a warrant. And the dossier, according to McKay, there would have been no warrant without it. So let's start with the idea that the dossier mattered. It mattered a lot. And let's also interject into this that Comey tells Trump in January of 2017, after he's president-elect, I want you to know about this uh, document. It's salacious and unverified. Now, how do you square that circle? You got Comey telling the president the dossier is salacious and unverified. That's the same document he swore to under oath was reliable and credible. How do you how do you reconcile that? Well, I don't think you can. And then, for example, you know, the fact that even Strzok and Page were laughing at the fact that Loretta Lynch is involved in the cover up of Hillary. We, it, it all really seems to start there. And, and I the think whole. So. Uh, okay, yeah. You got to remember this. I think the reason she wasn't charged is because, Sean, if you want her to win, she can't win if you charge her with a felony. So if well, you want I her mean, to win and Trump to lose, <laughs> how do you charge her? All right, quick break. We'll come back more with South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham. Gallup poll shows more Americans now, they're more worried about burglary than almost any other crime, more than muggings, more than terrorism, even more than car theft and murder. And according to the FBI, the average loss in a burglary is over two grand. Well, that can be very hard to recover from. There are over two million burglaries every single year. That's frankly one every 13 seconds. And what's crazy is only one in five homes have home security. You've got to protect your home, your family. And I know the security business, home security business, has been a disaster. And people have had horrible experiences. Well, that's until Simply Safe came along and they took away everything that was wrong about the home security business and they fixed it. And the bottom line is you get the latest, greatest, best technology 
technology will, that will work in a power outage, Wi-Fi down under all circumstances. It's easy to install. You can even take the system from house to house, renting or owning, doesn't matter. And the best thing is you are getting all the protection without paying installation fees, no contracts to sign, no big monthly payments, no hidden fees, and it's only 15 bucks a month. And if you go to simplysafehannity.com right now, you'll get a free uh, home security camera when you order. That means you'll have eyes on your home, on your phone 24-7. And video evidence, God forbid, if someone ever tries to get in. Protect your home, protect your family. The best, the greatest deal in home security. They are the best. SimplySafeHannity.com. Go there today. Final hour roundup is next. You do not want to miss it. And stay tuned for the final hour free for all on the Sean Hannity Show. As we continue with Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina. Okay, so if you have top secret classified information marked as such on a private server, is that or is that not a clear violation of 18 U.S.C. 793, the Espionage Act? Um, Every single lawyer that I know that has any intellectual honesty says it's a clear violation. And then, of course, you have the obstruction area, which has a real intent, real underlying crime. I mean, if there's going to be justice, don't we have to go back and find the truth here? Well, the statute that you're talking about does not require specific intent. I was familiar with a case in the Air Force when I was a judge advocate where a guy mistakenly took some classified information home with him in a pile of papers, lost it on the subway ride, and got court-martialed. The what about Christian Saucier? Sure Remember the kid, the kid that took the, the president? Yeah. He spent a year in jail, but... You know, he took six pictures of a submarine that was nearly four decades old because he was proud to work in the submarine. He never shared them with anybody. They were for his own personal use. He spent a year in jail. Espionage well, Act. But, right, but why is the military so hard over on this? You want to instill into the troops, this is an important task here. Don't compromise classified information. And grossly negligent behavior has been the criminal standard up until this case. So they changed the criminal standard. Uh, to basically specific intent, and it makes it was gross sense. negligence it's, to extreme carelessness. Gross negligence is the legal standard, right. right? So, but they did not apply that standard. So he, in the memo describing what happened, they used the term gross negligence, and they change it because gross negligence has a legal meaning, right? Right. So if they had used the word gross negligence in the July press conference, basically that would be an indictment uh, of Clinton. So they said extremely careless. Careless words matter. This wouldn't happen to a normal person. You wouldn't get the benefit. Well, they also. If I can add one thing, by by yourself, not under oath. Well, she was interviewed. They were writing that exoneration that you're talking about in May of 2016, July 2nd. July 2nd, they interviewed her and 17 other witnesses. Have you ever heard of an investigation where you get to bring in a witness and another person while you're supposed to be interrogated by the FBI for crimes? So everything was done in a way that is unusual. And the best explanation is that they had made up their mind that they were not going to charge her with a crime. So Comey, for some reason, holds a press conference 
talking about her being sloppy but not criminal, which is inappropriate. That's what Mueller did. You not, you know, the goal is not to exonerate somebody. The goal is to find out whether or not you have a case. So the bottom line here is that the best explanation for the Clinton email handling was a political bias. That the reason the system was turned upside down is it wanted an outcome that fit the political narrative. So the question is, once they got the used the dirty pillory bought and paid for dossier after they saved her from what otherwise would be an indictment for anybody else. Then they lie about its verification. Then they hide from the court. She paid for it. Then it becomes a pathway to spy on all things Trump world through Carter Page, a campaign associate, and then all things Trump transition and then all things Trump presidency. And that one, the counterintelligence investigation. Well, what was well, when did it really start? And and this is what I love to ask Mueller. I'd love Mueller to go under oath. I don't know about you, but I, I have a lot of questions for him. Well, the bottom line here is the same group of people, the same group of people that investigated Clinton, investigated Trump, the same group of people that that swore that the uh, dossier was reliable and credible. Uh, opened up the counterintelligence investigation. The same group of people uh, followed Trump's transition team. So when you look at a process broken here, it's broken at multiple levels in the same group of people. The FISA warrant application is going to be looked at by Horowitz internally as to whether or not they followed the rules of the Department of Justice. Durham is going to look at whether or not somebody defrauded the court criminally I'm going to look at a system to make sure that the next time this happens, there'll be rules as to how you surveil a presidential campaign and that you've got to tell the court more about the source of a document if it's politically generated. Well, I do appreciate you looking for seeking the truth. We better get this right. This country is built on a we are a constitutional republic. The foundation of the rule of law, equal justice under the law matters, equal application of our laws matter. And I know your committee is going to play a key role in this as the attorney general, as Michael Horowitz, as John Durham and and everybody else. And I do think we'll get to the truth. And I think when we get there, there are a lot of people that are going to be, uh, well, held accountable uh, if there's justice. But Lindsey Graham, thank you for being with us. Uh, Talk again soon. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Buble's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything. Everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before. Tell it like it is and even sing a song or two. 
This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and Paul McCartney about his life and career. It was 20 years ago today. We had a big bear of a man, it's called Mal Evans, who's on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, Will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, What? Sergeant Pepper? This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs. Yesterday, Band on the Run, Hey Jude. And McCartney's favourite song in his entire catalogue, here, there and everywhere. Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. 25 now to the top of the hour. We'll get to Bill O'Reilly here in a second. Uh, first, I want to play the president reading FDR's D-Day prayer earlier today. It was a really touching moment, and uh, he'll be in Normandy, I believe, tomorrow, uh, the 75th anniversary, slamming the beaches of Normandy. Almost 90% of soldiers killed that day. And also Queen Elizabeth giving a toast to the president and Melania Trump. During a radio message, President Roosevelt led the nation in a prayer that will be forever remembered by the American people. The President of the United States. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. They will need thy blessings, for the enemy is strong. He may hurl back our forces, but we shall return again and again. And we know that by thy grace and by the righteous of our cause, our sons, will triumph. Some will never return. Embrace these, Father, and receive them, the heroic servants, into thy kingdom. And, O oh Lord, give us faith. Give us faith in thee, faith in our sons, faith in each other, and faith in our united crusade. Thy will be done, almighty God. Amen. Of course, it is not only our security which unites us, but our strong cultural links and shared heritage. Every year, there are almost four million visits by Americans to the United Kingdom, with a great number claiming British descent. And with your own Scottish ancestry, Mr. President, you too have a particular connection to this country. We are also bound by the strength and breadth of our economic ties as the largest investors in each other's economies. British companies in the United States employ over one million Americans 
and the same is true vice versa. Mr. President, as we look to the future, I'm confident that our common values and shared interests will continue to unite us. Tonight we celebrate an alliance that has helped to ensure the safety and prosperity of both our peoples for decades, and which I believe will endure for many years to come. Ladies and gentlemen, I invite you all to rise and drink a toast to President and Mrs. Trump, to the continued friendship between our two nations, and to the health, prosperity, and happiness of the people of the United States. All right, that was the Queen, a toast that was given to the President and Melania Trump. Uh, Joining us now, uh, Bill O'Reilly is with us, and his killing series on history, by the way, 15 number one bestsellers. You can find all things O'Reilly at BillOReilly.com, his website. Um, I don't know if you're up early as I was. I was. I actually was up watching this. I could not take my eyes off it. And, you know, there was a guy that called my radio program years ago. His name was Marty Bill. And he was one of the many that slammed the beaches of Normandy. And he described in all the detail the horror, the massacre, the difficulty, the courage, the bravery of all of these troops. It was it was like mission impossible. And so many died, you know, slamming those beaches. It just you think of the sacrifice for the for our way of life. We could never pay back what these people have given us. You know, um, first of all. That's pretty darn impressive of a 92-year-old woman to deliver um, an address like that. I, I, I just am amazed at Queen Elizabeth's um, demeanor. And I was comparing her demeanor to the mayor of London, Khan. <laughs> um, By the way, ladies and gentlemen, let me, let me just give you a warning. Get ready. O'Reilly's about to go off. Go ahead. All right. But I think it's really a valid comparison. So you have the Queen of England, and then you have the Mayor of London, where the Queen lived. So the Queen of, uh, of England understands what happened on D-Day. All right? she, she was a teenager and saw it and saw that her country came um, a whisker away from being dominated by Adolf Hitler, a whisker. And the only thing that saved them was the resiliency of the British people and the help of the United States. Okay, if you hadn't had the help of the United States, all the resiliency in the world would not have stopped the Third Reich. They would have eventually overrun Great Britain. So she knows that. And she knows that Donald Trump, the president of the United States, is there to commemorate the 75th anniversary of D-Day. That's why he went to London. So she honors Trump and the United States by extension, correct? Am I, am I, no, I think you're right. I think, so of far? course, I agree. Well, of course. Okay. So that's the context of what is happening. Now, the American media doesn't understand the context because they don't want to, and most of them are idiots. <laughs> yeah, there you, well, there no, you that's extraordinarily true and well said. Yeah, and they, they have no idea. So they don't know why Trump's over there. They don't know anything. They're just looking for a way to diminish him. This is the American media. The British media, which is just as liberal as the American media, doesn't do that. They basically report the story straight. Now, whether they were afraid, I don't know. Um, but Khan, the mayor, he, before 
things even start, writes this insane article in The Guardian, which is a piece of left-wing garbage, all right, attacking Trump. And, of course, Trump attacks him back, and then you have all of that. But Khan has no blanket idea what happened in World War II and doesn't care. All he wants is this far-left paradise that he envisions. Meantime, violent crime in London has quadrupled under his administration as people are being stabbed every single day to the extent that the British police have no idea how to stop it. Okay, so Queen Elizabeth understands the big picture, that the nobility and courage of America saved Great Britain from Hitler. I've written two books on it, Killing the SS, Killing Patton. Anybody wants to know what really happened, there you go. If you're too lazy to read, watch Saving Private Ryan. Spielberg nailed it. That's the invasion, and in it, he was very accurate in the way he portrayed it in that film. But let me let me run a theory there. by you because you you're raising great points. You know, you yeah. think of Winston Churchill. I mean, he was mocked, he was ridiculed. He saw Hitler coming a, a, right in he sure. saw the evil before anyone else. He when finally Pearl Harbor happened, he came to the United States, wouldn't leave until the United States engaged fully in the bombing of Britain. He went out with the public every single day. He's the prime minister of, of Great Britain during wartime, and they're being bombed. Yeah, Here's he was what, in the tube with the folks, and that's right. a famous scene in the movie. Right. Um, that was Churchill. Just that. But the essential question today, I think, for Americans to ask is, could the 37 million American men between the ages of 18 and 35, and I know if we did have our draft, women would have to be included with the Me Too stuff and all that. I got it. But the, the heavy lifting combat would be on the 37 million American men, all right, young men. Could they today do what your father, my father, all of the greatest generation did in 1944? Everybody should really think about that. And you know what my, my conclusion is? No. They I'm listening. Do Why? Why do you? Well, I, you don't think they'd rise to the occasion? Like no. my my dad and all of his friends signed up after Pearl Harbor. They, they, they didn't wait. They signed up, and he served million, four years in the Pacific. Ten million American men signed up for World War II or were drafted, but went and said. But I don't want to denigrate the country, the United States. But here here's my thinking. My father, your father, were tough. They had to be. They were raised during the Depression, where you had a decade of deprivation. Nobody had anything, okay? Sure. Bread lines, all of that. That toughened up the American people. And then when they were asked, obviously, to defend their country after the Japanese bomb, there wasn't any controversy over the war, had to fight them, all right? And Hitler was Hitler. He was allied with the, uh, with the Japanese, so we declared war on Hitler as well. And they went, and they were scared, and many of them died or were maimed, but they did what they had to do. And they did it in a way that will never be duplicated on this earth. I don't believe it will ever be duplicated with the American forces and the British, too, because they were the two armies, and the Russians were a whole different thing on the Eastern Front. But let's just stay with the Americans and the British. So they did what they had to do, but they were a generation that was not selfish. They were not self-absorbed. They had no machines to look at 24 hours a day. They weren't coddled. They weren't politically correct. They weren't any of that. There was racism. Absolutely. Okay. There were bad things too, but these were tough, driven people 
and they didn't believe the world revolved around them. What do we have now? Hannity, what do we have now in this country? What? We have individuals who believe everything should be geared toward their satisfaction, toward them. And the society caters to that. So what are they going to magically appear and, and, you know, and I'm, I'm not talking about the guys in Afghanistan and the gals in Iraq and, and uh, our great military all over the world. These are volunteers. These are people who have said, you know what, I'm going to sacrifice for my country. That's what I want to do. I'm talking about the draftees, all right, the people that would be forced into a war if it ever happened with the Chinese. Do they really have the medal? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free and Anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything. Everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and Paul McCartney about his life and career. It was 20 years ago today. We had a big bear of a man, it's called Mal Evans, who's on road. And uh, I was coming back on the plane and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. I said, what? Sergeant Pepper. This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs. Yesterday, Band on the Run, Hey Jude. And McCartney's favourite song in his entire catalogue, here, there and everywhere. Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I don't think so. All right, as we continue, Bill O'Reilly is with us. We're talking about the 75th anniversary of D-Day. Let me answer your question by giving you a theory of mine. I'd like to believe that the there there's an innate goodness in the American people. Now, do we wake up every day and say, ah, oh, we're free. All these people sac- and get on our knees and thank them for the sacrifice. No, we're, we're busy. We're doing our thing. And, yeah, I agree there's a certain softness that comes with prosperity and, and wealth. You know, you, you see a difference with, for example, kids in Israel serving in the IDF for two and a half years. 
But I'd like what when I wrote my book, Deliver Us from Evil, and I was doing all the research for that book in the last century alone. When you look at Russia and Stalin and Nazism and fascism, Imperial Japan, the killing fields, you go through the list. We lost over a hundred million human souls. I think that it's very, very difficult for good people. And, and we want to protect our kids and, you know, make them think life is a little bit of cotton candy and rainbows. But I think it's hard for good people sometimes to wrap their arms around the fact there is evil. You see it on a micro level. You know, a child molester is evil. A murderer, just for murder's sake, evil. Um, drug dealers, evil. Governments, evil. Mass murder, it's still happening today. Look at the Yazidis in, in northern Iraq. They're basically wiped out in our lifetime. And I just think that the that evil will always have to be defeated. It's never going to go away because that is the human experience. So I think they'd rise to the occasion. I like to believe, you know, we saw after 9-11 heroism and bravery on an unprecedented level. Amazing people that all sacrificed their lives. The, they went up when everybody else was coming down, knowing they likely weren't coming sure. out. And they were the professional cadre that keeps us free. The officers and the military people that I was talking about that, that aren't in the classification that I was describing. But let me just let me tell you one thing. Colin Kaepernick, okay? So Colin Kaepernick tells the American people, you know, your country's not really worthy of me standing and saluting the flag and respecting the national anthem. And I'm also going to wear socks with police officers depicted as pigs, and I'm going to show them to the media. Colin Kaepernick was not 100% shunned in this country. In fact, the media took up his cause and celebrated him. And I have to say, maybe half of our citizens said, you know what? Nothing wrong with Colin Kaepernick. You know, they hid behind the dissent and all of that. But the sentiment that the country is not noble and that it deserves to be disrespected, as Mr. Kaepernick did, he was not. Yeah, he lost his job in the NFL, but he got millions of dollars for losing it. Let me let, let me not plagiarize Barry Farber. Let him give let me give him the truest attribution. You know, there's never been a country bill that has accumulated more power. We're not perfect and abused it less. And I add to that, there's never been a country that has accumulated more power and used it for the advancement of the human condition more than the United States. Last word. I think that this country needs to wake up. Agreed. I think the potential is there to do what our fathers did in World War II and in Vietnam. Remember, in Vietnam, we fought for the freedom You're right. of the Vietnamese against the communists. i got to get a plug-in for your stuff because uh, we're out of time. But listen, uh, BillOReilly.com, all things O'Reilly. Um, I think this is an important discussion to have on this 75th anniversary yeah. of uh, right, D-Day. Bill O'Reilly, thank you. Appreciate all it. All right, John. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload in the final hour of the Sean Hannity Show. I started thinking as I was coming over here, why is it that Joe Biden is the first in his family ever to go to a university? Why is it that my wife who's sitting out there in the audience is the first in her family to ever go to college? Why am I the first Kinnick? In a thousand generations to be able to get the university. Why is Glenis the first woman in her family in a thousand generations 
Was it because they were weak? Those people who could wait, work eight hours underground and then come up and play football. Weak. My ancestors who worked in the coal mines in northeast Pennsylvania and who come up after 12 hours and play football for four hours. That the gross national product does not allow for the health of our children, the quality of their education, or the joy of their play. It does not include the beauty of our poetry, or the strength of our marriages, the intelligence of our public debate, or the integrity of our public officials. But this standard is not a measure of how we can evaluate the condition of our society. We cannot measure the health of our children, the quality of our education, the joy of their play. It doesn't measure the beauty of our poetry, the strength of our marriages, the intelligence of our public debate, the integrity of our public official. All right, News Roundup Information Overload Hour here on the Sean Hannity Show. Is there anything that Joe Biden has not plagiarized? I mean, that's probably the bigger, better question. I mean, he literally ripped word for word everything that Neil Kinnock had said. He's been lying for decades about about this. It's by the way, and it's not that hard to w- write a speech. Now, it now, re- Sean. What? Sean. It's just not that hard. This is a man who can't spell jobs. So when we when we three think, letter word, I'm J- just saying O B S. When we let Biden speak to us in his own words, perhaps we should play that and remind the audience of just oh, no, how no, special Biden, it is. Let me let me tell you something about Biden. Biden can't help himself. Nobody's figured this out yet. And first, let me just stop and and just backtrack a second before we play this. Because if you look at this story that we highlighted earlier, that now Americans, the the branding of Donald Trump is now forever tattooed in the foreheads, if you will, of every fake news media outlet. In other words, he has called them out. He has exposed them. None of them are ever going to do what we just did and put a montage like that together, just like none of them would ever care about Hillary Clinton and what Hillary Clinton did with the phony Russian dossier. And, of course, yeah, the rigged investigation. And then, yeah, tried to rig the well, she did rig the primary against Bernie. Uh, Her and deep state actors tried to rig a presidential uh, uh, election and then undermine a duly elected president. They're never going to talk about it. And just like the, all of a sudden they cared about obstruction because Mueller didn't decide. And then Mueller made a total complete fool of himself and had a clarification hours later because he had contradicted everything he had said prior. But, you know, all of this, it doves, dovetails perfectly together because if the Pew Research finds that 50 percent of Americans surveyed saying fake news is a major problem and. You know, I'm telling you, it is the end. And Donald Trump won. You know, fake news, fake news. It will be said it it is now in the American lexicon and will never go away. But it's the same thing. If Donald Trump said half the things that Joe Biden has said over the years, he'd never have a shot of, of them ever taking their foot off his neck. Listen. As they say in my business, I'm going to I'm going to give you the whole load today. We got the first sort of mainstream African-American yeah. who is articulate and bright and, and, and clean and nice looking guy. I mean, it's, that's a story. You're telling me we got to go spend money to keep from going bankrupt? You don't know my state. My state was a slave state. My state is a border state. My state is the eighth largest black population in the country. My state is anything from a northeast liberal state. 
You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. I'm not joking. Number one job facing the middle class, and it happens to be, as Barack says, a three-letter word, jobs. J-O-B-S, jobs. See, I went to the big guys for the money. I was ready to prostitute myself in the, man the manner in which I talked about it. Chuck Graham, state senator's here. Chuck, stand up, Chuck. Let him see you. Oh, God love you. What am I talking about? I tell you what, you're making everybody else stand up, though, pal. I promise you, the president has a big stick. Union workers, the UAW took incredible cuts in their future and their, and their pensions and the less to get GM working. I promise you. Now, I'm like the token black or the token woman. I was the token young person. And guess what? Mostly directed at, quote, people of color. You see it. We got Jim Crow sneaking back in. No, I mean it. All right. So this is all Biden. I tell you, man, he is just he's just magic. <laughs> You're magic. No, listen, listen. The fact is, I don't know which is my favorite. You know, oh, God bless her soul. Oh, she's alive. Or, oh, mine is stand up, Chuck. Oh, God you know, love you. Oh, God, God love you, Chuck. Uh, what uh, or, or, you know, you know, think about this. He, this is storybook, man. For the first time, you have a mainstream African-American who's clean and articulate. I'm I just like, want to follow him wow. around. I really do. I want to know what precipitates these thoughts that he has. And these amazingly, thoughts? these thoughts. These thoughts. And Ethan was, <laughs> was kind enough to grab this audio from me. So this goes back to 87. So th uh -huh. for, for over 30 years, this man has been making excuses. And this is what he says about his plagiarism. Okay. The notion that every thought or notion or idea you'd have to go back and find and attribute to someone, I think is, quite frankly, uh, ludicrous. Yeah, it's absolutely uh, yeah. ludicrous to give somebody credit for their work. I mean, just um, crazy. Okay, but here's now what's happening, and this is amazing. You know, Joe Biden has been lying also for decades about marching for civil rights, and his campaign was forced into yesterday DEFCON 5 damage control over the plagiarism and beating back a slew of reports on the, the same kind of offense that ended his, his 1988 presidential bid. And, you know, today's news that from the New York Times reporting that Biden has been lying about his civil rights record for decades and he continued to float the false claim that he'd, quote, march for civil rights long after his senior aides begged him to stop. And according to a damning report, you know, Biden's been out there repeatedly and knowingly lying about this involvement in civil rights. Uh, despite everybody reminding him, he kept telling the story anyway. When I marched in the civil rights movement, I didn't march with a 12-point program, he said. I marched with tens of thousands of others to change attitudes, and we changed attitudes. When I One marched in the civil rights movement, I did not march with a 12-point program. I marched with tens of thousands of others to change attitudes. Well, he didn't actually march during the civil rights movement, and that lie you know, follows the revelation that he opposed integration through forced busing in a Washington Post interview where he blamed the poor quality of urban schools on the disproportionately large African-American student population. I'm like, wow. Um, so and then you look at, for example, now he's trying to appease the hardcore left wing base. And now he's, you know, Ocasio-Cortez criticizes him because he's old school and has no clue about, quote, global warming and climate change. So what does what he do? What is too much for me is the fact 
that in 1989, the year that I was born, the mm-hmm. year that I was born, the year that many of us were born, and, and in years after and right before, that politicians were first informed by NASA, that Congress was first notified by NASA that climate change was going aye, to aye, threaten aye. my life and everyone here's life to come. We're and doomed. They did nothing. That is too much for me. So now he's proposing something he never proposed before, $1.7 trillion in federal funds, $5 trillion more in state, local, and, and so-called private funds. And he calls for building small modular nuclear reactors uh, at half the construction cost of today's reactors. Uh, I don't think he realizes that that's not going to fly with the crazy left wing either. And then he plagiarizes his climate change platform from nonprofit groups and he lifts entire paragraphs again he steals the writings of others i mean you just you can't make this up with this guy all right so let me ask you a question why would he feel pressure from ocasio cortez i just want to know what is it that she has everybody every presidential candidate everybody in the house speaker pelosi included Everybody's scared to death of Ocasio-Cortez. Why? You know, Sean, I just don't know. (laughs) Why don't you know the answer to that question? You know, she is a really special individual. She has everybody scared to death. But what what I have heard off the record from inside sources is that there are a lot of people in her office that are writing the scripts up for her. So she sticks to the script and she gets out there and they make it as left as possible. So her chief of staff and... All her assistants, they write it up for her, and she goes out and reads. I mean, none of this is her own thinking. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Think back, though. I mean, what was, what was the appeal of Barack Obama? I mean, it was, it was always smoke and just mirrors. Just words, just speeches. Well, and he was good at reading a teleprompter, and a lot of, you know, I know it's basic, but there are politicians. I mean, it drives me nuts. No, when there's s- a lot to say about charisma and charm and the way that you deliver and your ability to look somebody in the eye and say that I care. You know, I think the one thing that I have learned and I think is the most powerful from so many of the people that you've met with, like Sabine Durden and, and you know, Steve Ronnebeck and Mariam Mendoza. Oh, and they always, the people they didn't work, meet with, the people exactly. that angel moms and dads. So all yeah. these angel moms and dads, right? So they're out there. I mean, one of the biggest talking points of the left is the immigration thing. So if we really hearken on that a little bit and we look at all the work that you've done, right? Not a single one of them has met with a family, an American citizen family that has lost a child to an illegal alien. Not a single one of them. You know, I, I don't understand that for the life of me. But again, you it's know? moving left, 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 left. Well, so we're okay, going to so, embrace all these leftist issues. So Biden's just trying to reach out. Well, Biden now, if you look at where he's headed, it's really simple. He's been lying about civil rights for decades. He's constantly sticking his foot in his mouth and the constant plagiarism. He voted, by the way, the left doesn't know this yet. He repeatedly voted to ban abortion funding for rape victims. Uh, I don't think that's going to go over with the, you know, party of afterbirth abortion infanticide and everything else that he's got. Look, everyone thinks that this is a slam dunk. He's the moderate. He's not the moderate. He doesn't even have positions. And he also has. Oh, he has eight- one position. What's that? One position. I don't even know if I want the answer to this. No, it's not going to be that kind of answer. You know, kids are listening. All I have to say is this guy has one goal and one position, and that is to become president. 
He's been vice president. He's been a senator. This is all he cares about. He is dying to be the president of the United States. Yeah, but, you know, everyone that's ever been vice president thinks they belong being president. Yeah, you're right. But I think with him, he definitely feels entitled. He feels like he's given his time in. He's got time served in the Senate. So you think he feels entitled to the position? Oh, well, 100%. That, well, I got to be honest. I don't think he can. I, I'm not sure he ever gets close to this nomination. There's something else happening. I don't know what it is, but the fact that he went MIA for 10 days around Memorial Day was weird. The fact that he didn't show up at the state convention in California, something's up. Oh, I'll tell and, you what's up. And I, you know what it reminds me of? They're hiding something like they did with Hillary, and that didn't end well for them either. I'm not sure. I, I guess it's possible that there's that, but I really think what happens is is that they put him out there and they say, let's try this version of Biden. Oh, that didn't work. We didn't right there. Let's pull him back in. Okay, guys, let's rework this. Okay, now let's try this version. Oh, no. It's like, you know, it's like a woman trying on nail polish. Oh, that color doesn't work. Let's take that off. Let's try a new color. Yeah, Every time a, he comes out, he's, every he's, time. He's, a different, he's a different guy. By the way, it takes too long to do it over again. I he, know because really I've taken my the, daughter. He's the most awkward hugger. It re, I mean, the other day when oh, he was on, on stage with that guy, I it's mean, it's so creepy. He's got it's one just hand weird. around his neck and the other one on his beard. I'm like, what are you doing? Crazy, creepy Uncle Joe. Really Get this. Is. So, Kristen Gillibrand, same thing with her. So, the she called the NRA the worst organization in this country. In, in response, the NRA, which is, you know, they came out with some questions that they asked her when she represented. New York's 20th district before she became a senator. And she answered the following way. I want to be very clear. I always have, always will believe that the correct interpretation of the Second Amendment is that it applies to an individual's right to carry arms. She said about banning guns and housing facilities, public housing. She opposed it. Banning certain types of bullets and magazine, I'm adamantly opposed. Limiting the number of gun purchases, I share your concerns. Gillibrand then concluded that I appreciate the work that the NRA does to protect gun owners' rights, and I look forward to working with you for many years in Congress. I mean, the only way you're going to get this nomination as a Democrat is to be crazy and to be hardcore left. And I don't even know if Bernie is left-wing enough at this point for all these lunatic fringe Democrats. I like watching Bernie, though. It's like Seinfeld every day. I'll say I the one it. thing about Bernie. I mean, he seems, I mean, he's just dumb, but he's genuinely dumb, and he genuinely believes all this crap. He believes in his dumbness. He believes in his dumbness. I don't think I don't think there's any doubt about believing in dumbness. 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. I was uh, telling you earlier that Americans now cite fake news as the most important non-healthcare-related issue facing the country in a new survey by Pew Research. Uh, and that means that Donald Trump has successfully exposed and forever tattooed the branding fake news into the foreheads of all of these liars in the news media. I mean, for two-plus years, it's been lies, a hoax, conspiracy theories, never-ending, never, never, never-ending lies, conspiracy theories. How does anybody ever trust these people again? They did it knowingly. They did it because of a, a political cause that they adopted, which, by the way, was against the will of the American people. Pretty sick, actually. Let me give you just, you know, the biggest conspiracy theorist of them all. I mean, it, I mean, you want to go bah, 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 when you listen to some of this stuff. Nobody ever plays it. But now that you play it, and you listen to it. and You just see how nuts these people are like, a, you know, Fake news CNN or conspiracy TV MSNBC.
President Putin told reporters at the Kremlin today it is, quote, complete nonsense to believe that Russian security services, quote, chase after every American billionaire while those billionaires are in Russia doing business. Vladimir Putin also made comments today uh, about how he, he didn't think that Donald Trump would ever visit prostitutes. But if he did, Russian prostitutes are, quote, undoubtedly the best in the world. <laughs> I raise that not because of its news value, but just so we all know what we're dealing with here. And here's the question. Is the new president going to take those troops out? We led last night. Uh, we led last night's show with news about the Russia connections to the new administration and what we are continuing to learn about those connections. What's getting to be, I think, uh, particularly unsettling is that simultaneously we are right now what's going on, I think, is that we are, number one, nailing down more direct connections between the Trump campaign and the Russian government at the time the Russian government was influencing our election. And number two, at the same time, we are also starting to see what may be signs of continuing influence in our country, not just during the campaign, but during the administration. Basically signs of what could be a continuing operation. We're about to find out if the new president of our country is going to do what Russia wants once he's commander in chief of the US military. We haven't ever had to reckon with the possibility that somebody has ascended to the presidency of the United States to serve the interests of another country rather than our own. What's the corrective to that? How do you remedy that? These are no longer hypothetical questions. This is where we are. He received the order of friendship from Vladimir Putin personally, the highest civilian award that Russia gives to non-Russian citizens. Somehow Rex Tillerson ended up as US Secretary of State under Donald Trump, who he'd never met. China and Russia can do this today, now, whenever they want to. In other words, we're relying on their good graces that they're not. And it is like negative 50 degrees in the Dakotas right now. What would happen if Russia killed the power in Fargo today? Right? What would happen if all the natural gas lines that, that service Sioux Falls just poofed on the coldest day in recent memory and it wasn't in our power whether or not to turn them back on? I mean, what would you do if you lost heat? indefinitely as the act of a foreign power. The perception that the president may have ordered these strikes in part because of scandal will affect the impact and the effectiveness of these military strikes. Even among White House sources, there is now open speculation that the firing of McMaster last night and the announced hiring of John Bolton was timed by the president to distract from one particular interview that aired last night on CNN. If you booked Donald Trump on your show, what would your first question be? Ah. Are you going to send me or anybody that I know to a camp? I mean, it's, it's just you can't believe, but this is what they do every second, every minute, every hour of every day. And, then, and now, now what are they going to do? They're not going to admit that they're wrong. I mean, the fact that Tom Brokaw remains silent as as this brand that he worked for his entire life, you know, turns into, you know, nightly Roswell, New Mexico conspiracy theories is hilarious. You know, it's interesting. You just watch the media in general here and they're not going to admit they're wrong. They're just going to double down on stupid. And then when that all fails and blows up in their face, they thought they had another shot last week 
when Mueller gave a nine and a half minute, please, Jerry Nadler, don't 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 subpoena me. I don't want to answer these questions of Jim Jordan and Matt Gates and Mark Meadows. That's really what that press conference was about. And then, whoops, it contradicted everything he had said prior. And then he has to get the attorney general to bail him out with a joint statement from the special counsel's office and from the attorney general. Uh, and you did never mind. Nothing I said was true. But they, but for those few hours, you know, it was like manna from heaven. And they thought they, they we we're back on track. Oh, how frustrated they must feel. You know, it's interesting too. Joe Concha had a great piece. Um, was interviewed on Fox News, and you know, if you look at the media in the in the United Kingdom and in Great Britain, you know, Trump is getting hugely positive reviews and coverage, and the media here just, you know, they just stay focused on a you know on a negativity constantly. They're never going to point out that Donald Trump's economic record is just all the records he's breaking. The people that are benefiting the most are the people that were left behind in the eight years of Biden-Obama's disaster. And the, by the way, and just as a side note, the person that's been toughest on Russia isn't the guy that said, tell Vladimir I'll have more flexibility after the election. It's not that guy. And with the president now moving towards energy independence, I mean, if we unload America's full capacity at energy production, it's over for Putin. The hostile regime of Russia will be on its knees. He will be, you know, an asterisk in history. And he'll watch over the biggest economic decline by any country if, in fact, the United States goes full bore with energy. All right, let's get to our busy telephones here. And let's say hi to Patty is in Florida. Patty, hi. How are you? Glad you called. Well, I am just fine, and I want to thank you for taking my call. And I, I'm just going to praise you up and down uh, i just uh, think i don't need praise i'm a spoke in the wheel we're all spokes in the wheel but i appreciate your I kind just, words i do yeah but you're the only one we can uh, basically you and rush uh, that we can trust well we got okay. the great one we got a lot of there's a oh, few the of great us one. oh yeah i love him i can't Let me tell I, you I, I can't i'm gonna say it him. nobody else will say it there i said it <laughs> i love him Oh, we watch hey, my buddy. Here. by the way you but gotta get his new book unfreedom of the press it's really really good Oh, I bet. I haven't had a chance to uh, get out there and get the uh, book, though. I was uh, my problem is with this whole witch hunt. Uh, uh, see, President Trump and I were in the. I'm 71 years old, and okay. we are on the same page back in that time frame. Uh, his time. He is a rebel at heart. And that's what I am, and that's why we like justice. And we speak wrong. I know I'm guilty of the same thing. But uh, he can't say all that he wants to right now because he, they are after him, and uh, they're going to, uh, they're trying to get him before he gets to them. Okay. Let me let me tell you, they're trying. And Donald Trump. This is the amazing thing that nobody has ever picked up yet. Uh, Donald Trump lives in their heads. I mean, oh, he I is he they cannot handle he's it's like a force of nature and he fights back. He's look, look at the Pew poll. Imagine you work in media and, and you've been trying to take this president out any way you can. And it is boomerang back and nobody trusts you anymore. And that branding, I mean, 
you know when they put a tattoo on? I mean, they go mm-hmm. deep, deep into the skin. I mean, it's forever tattooed into who they are. This is who they are. This is who they've been, and now they've been exposed at the highest level. And they're never going to get their reputations back. And I'll tell you one other thing. When Trump leaves, it's over for them because it's going to get boring and it's just not going to be any fun for them anymore. Oh, I know. The people better wake up and uh, realize that uh, if they they let those Democrats in charge of anything, that they will destroy the best uh, uh, economy he's putting in place or trying to. Anyway, Patty, great observation. You're very kind. Remember, every one of us plays a part. If you vote, you're playing a part. If you donate, you're playing a part. If you go out and tell your friends you're playing a part. And we've got we've got a big election coming in 2020. I want all hands on deck every step of the way. Um, we go to Mike is in Florida also. Mike, hi. How are you? And glad you called, sir. Uh, thank you, Sean, for taking my call. Just thank wanted you. to say that I'm a veteran, and I appreciate all of your support for veterans, sir. Well, thank you for and your service to your country. We appreciate all you've done. Sir, that was my honor. Um, I have a. I wish. I, I hope you can elaborate a little bit on the FISA judges for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a few questions. I would like to know who they are, who appointed them, and if there was something fishy that happened with them, which we we know there was. Can Congress call on them to testify after Abs- a judgment? Absolutely. Uh, okay, first, the it's a rotating group of judges. It's a it's not okay. exactly a secret court, maybe call it a private court, um, and it's designed for that very reason. Remember, the FISA originally was for enemy combatants, terrorists, covert operations, etc., uh, it's the uh, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, John Roberts, who makes the appointments. There are a number of them. They are rotating. And do I think that the FISA court judges that had premeditated fraud committed against them are happy? Absolutely not. And I would bet my my last dollar that they're dying to tell their story and hold those people accountable. Because the one that's thing I've learned in life... To, that's what I was going to ask you, too. I, I mean... Uh, look, the one thing about judges, Judge Judy, actually, who I met, Judge Judy's a lovely woman. I met her once, and I had a great discussion with her, and she's tough as nails on her show, and it really does reflect the, the courtroom is the domain of that judge. The judge decides, and if you go into a courtroom and you try to duck questions and you don't say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, your honor, no, your honor, and you want to be rude— uh, it's not going to work out well. You lie to a judge, that's really... Look, there are certain people you should never lie to. Don't lie to your spouse. Don't lie to your best friends. Don't lie to your doctor if you're having chest pain. Tell them you have chest pain. Don't lie to your lawyers because, you you know, your lawyers can't make help you if you lie to them. And don't lie under oath, all those things. Don't lie to a judge. It's dumb. And what they did, this was premeditated lies by omission and just outright fraud. Those judges are not happy. I promise you that. Why haven't they come out yet? Well, again, it's a secret court. They'd have to be put in the right environment. I suspect it would be closed-door sessions. And I also suspect that at some point we'll get that information. I hope so. Yeah, me too. But uh, I don't <laughs> think it's ever going to work out well lying to a court. Uh, thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Uh, appreciate everything you're doing. K Dawn Radio, Bob is in Vegas. Bob, hi. How are you? Glad you called, sir. How you doing, sir? I'm good. What's going on? 
Well, I'm Mueller's has to answer a lot of questions. Mueller, one question I'd like him to answer is when he was FBI director, he had an informant Campbell with Fusion GPS one, all the uranium, you know, going one fifth of our William, William Campbell was a spy for yes. our government within Putin's network in America, and he chronicled bribery, extortion, kickbacks, money laundering as Putin was trying to get a foothold in the uranium market in America. But by the way, we, we, we import uranium. We don't make enough of it. And we did give up 20 percent of it. Yes. And what, what I want to know is Campbell wanted to go and tell Congress what was going on when they were going to make this deal to give them 20 percent of our uranium. Mueller threatened him with jail if he said anything. So Mueller did not allow him to go to Congress. So the deal went through. Deal would have been killed if he would have talked to Congress. But Mueller didn't let it happen. And what happened? The Clintons got 145 million, you know, and uh, for their foundation. And, and they and they Mueller signed off on uranium that. going to Vladimir Putin's corrupt network. That is correct. All of what you're saying. And and I want him to answer that. No one's asking that question right now. And I want well, him to answer for that. Why he allowed that? To me, that's treason. Well, I'd like, uh, listen, I want Mueller to testify, and I don't think it would go well for him, and I think Gerald Nadler is throwing him a lifeline by not subpoenaing him, but, you know, we're not done with the Uranium One, I can promise you that, and William Campbell was a hero. All right, Joe Biden plagiarist, huge issue, and even the left and the media are going after him. Uh, we have Karl Rove and Ari Fleischer. Joe Concha, well, the president gets great marks in the British media, but not in America. The great one, Mark Levin. We have Alan Dershowitz tonight, Greg, Sarah, and John Solomon with breaking news on the deep state. It's all happening. 9 Eastern, Hannity, Fox News. See you tonight. Back here tomorrow. Thanks for being with us. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man who's called Mal Evans, who's on roadie. And uh, <clears throat> I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.